This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Napa know-how. Right now, Napa Legend batteries come with a $15 rebate by mail. Their long-lasting durability stands up to extreme conditions. So even on scorching days, it'll puff its chest out and be all like, hey, summer heat. Find another car battery to drain. Napa Legend Batteries with $15 mail-in rebate. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores. Offer expires 831-18. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, I'm Ryan Tannehill, quarterback from the Miami Dolphins, and I represent the fence Sider with the PH. Third down and five. At the Washington 22-yard line, Jim Mandich has come in, replacing Mara Fleming at tight end. And Tully and Warfield split off the near side. The Dolphins haven't used any of their timeouts. Clock moving with 33 seconds. Greasy drops to throw. He sets up. He is firing in the corner. Mandich, he makes a tremendous catch. Did he hold on to it? He did. Out of bounds at the three-yard line. Holy Toledo, what a play by the third-year man for the University of Michigan, Jim Mandich. I'm joined by Sutton and special guest host for tonight, Joshua Houts. Uh, he is from Twitter. Well, he's not from Twitter. He's from Pennsylvania near Philadelphia. Coming down for the Titans and Steelers game. And, of course, behind the scenes, he is back. James McKinney after his 6,000-mile round-trip road trip over the past few days or weeks, whatever you prefer. We are back. This is our sixth episode of the Finsider Radio, the new crew going on. And we are going to bring you a jam-packed show tonight. We are going to talk Dolphins football against the Atlanta Falcons, their previous game. We won't touch much about the Titans because, as you know, it's the fourth preseason game. And really, there's not much going to be going on there except a few guys fighting for their spots. Of course, nothing for us, but for them, everything in the world that they're banking on there. We're going to talk to you about Chris McCain. He was traded. Many were surprised, but I'll tell you why you shouldn't be too surprised. We'll talk to you about Devontae Parker. As you remember, a few weeks ago, I told you that Devontae Parker wasn't taking care of himself. It came out in the newspapers the other day. Guess what? Devontae Parker wasn't taking care of himself. So I'll elaborate more on that towards the end of the show. Fantasy football is a huge thing right now. we got plenty of drafts. There's drafts going on every single day. I am in eight leagues myself. It's pretty, pretty bad. Um, my wife is not happy with me. My two-year-old daughter is not happy with me. Does that mean she does not get a Barbie? Uh, or three for her for Christmas time coming up because really dad's just spending all the money on fantasy football. But we know it's a huge part. We're going to talk about it. Um, and, and my opening rant about fantasy football is, is that it's freaking amazing. Uh, there's nothing wrong with fantasy football. If you are in a fantasy football league or multiple leagues and your wife yells at you, if your mother yells at you, if you still live at home, if your father yells at you, if your brother or sister yells at you, just tell them to fuck off. Okay, um, it's fantasy football, guys. It is the greatest thing that you could possibly be doing with your spare time during the NFL season. And as Dolphins fans, I mean, what more do we have to look forward to? We usually are done by week four. You know, we, we see that we have no shot at the playoffs. And then you start looking at your fantasy football teams like, well, at least I'll win in that. 
But then the Dolphins start teasing you a little more, and they start making that little run. Uh, they win a few games in a row, and then they get you all excited. They have this big matchup coming on. Then they get blown out. So then you turn back to fantasy football, and you got your chances of making the playoffs and winning the championship. So that's why fantasy football is important. But, but really, it's, it's – what the fuck was that? It's about camaraderie. It's about building relationships with your friends, with your buddies. It's going to the drafts. The best part about fantasy football – are the drafts itself. I was at one last night. Um, we had tons of beer, tons of food. Uh, the draft lasted about three and a half hours long. Some guy took Rob Gronkowski in the first round, I think fifth overall, which is a little bit crazy. Um, you know, and that's the fun part about fantasy football as well. Seeing these crazy picks, Danny Woodhead, yes, it was a PPR, PPR uh, league, but he was drafted in the fourth round. To me, that's a bit high. Uh, Gronkowski going sixth overall. That is a bit high. Just seeing how stupid people are sometimes is is really kind <laughs> of fun to watch. Uh, so that's why I'm in a league with a lot of guys on Dolphins Twitter. Um, you know, I, I can name a few. Max Himmelrich, Finn Zombie is in them. Hopefully to listen, Christopher Cochran is, is in the uh, league as well. Let's see who else is in this league. Kathy D'Amato, uh, that's going to be an easy target to just knock down towards the bottom of the league. Jake Mendel, our, our Buddy Jared V87, Eric Elizondo, Danny DiCaprio. I've never heard of the dude before in my life. Um, Dustin Godin, good guy. Ian Wharton, good guy. And, of course, Houts here as well. So that's going to be a fun league, but pretty much I'm going to win that. But, honestly, before we move on to the next topic, the key to fantasy football is this. You find a league with the dumbest people in them. If you find that league where people don't know what they're doing, you have a really good shot at winning because at the end of the day, it's all about the money, right? I said it's about camaraderie. I said it's about building relationships. That's, that's a lie. It's about drinking beer. It's about eating food at the draft. And it's about winning money at the end of the season. Find that league where you can win. Yeah, play your league, your home league with your friends every year. But find those leagues where you can go in, where you're going to outsmart everybody else. You're just going to take that championship trophy home. Okay, that's what I'm doing this year. I'll let you guys know how it goes at the end of the season. But really, that's all that we need to worry about when you're playing fantasy football. What's the end result? And the end result better be money in your hands. Otherwise, your wife is going to be very upset with you. All right, moving on to the Dolphins versus Falcons game. Last Thursday, the Dolphins defeated the Falcons 17-6. to The Dolphins starters played right through halftime. Some of them came out to start the third quarter. Uh, many of them sat. Sutton, what are your quick hit reactions from that game? What stood out to you? What do you think needs work? Um, are the Dolphins ready to start the season? Uh, first of all, happy hump day to everybody out there. Um, MC Money, you know, I'm sure we'll touch on this a little bit later, but I'm very interested in who you're going to be selecting that quarterback um, for fantasy football later on oh, in the show. Oh, you just wait. You just wait. <laughs> but anyway, getting back to the Atlanta game, um, the one thing that I was kind of worried about going into that game was the defense. We thought it was a uh, – they got shredded against Dallas. They got a, you know, pretty thorough ass kicking. So I wanted to see, and the one trait that I want to see out of this team is resiliency. And that's a trait that I saw on the defense against Atlanta. Um, so I was very happy to see that, to see the team come back, uh, play run defense the way that they did. Saw Koa Misi uh, stopping plenty of runs there. It just seemed a little bit more chaotic for Atlanta to run the ball and it was so easy for Dallas to do it. Um, obviously, the offensive line discrepancy there probably has something to do with that, but um, we were stopping them at two and three yards on a consistent basis, so that was a good thing to see. Um, saw Julius Wormsley. He seems to be an interior uh, disruptor, just a disruptive force in there, big dude, uh, making plays, and it would be nice to see him stick on the roster and, see if he can and improve the uh, defensive tackle play because that's, again, one of my concerns going forward with this defense is uh, the run defense. Uh, I'd like to see somebody disruptive in there making some plays. Uh, Kelamisi, like I said, uh, played some good run defense. The one downfall I saw from the game was the rush offense. didn't seem like we had very many holes, and we didn't seem to uh, get the run game going, and it's not been um, – too impressive so far with the way the run offense has developed so far in the preseason. So I, I hope that we can get that settled because if we go into week one 
one-dimensional against Seattle. Uh, they're going to pin their ears back, and we're not going to like it. So I hope we can find a way to get that run game run game established. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, heading into this game for me, the biggest thing was to see how Anthony Steen played at center uh, with Mike Pouncey out. Uh, and to me, it looked like he belonged in the NFL as a center. Uh, he played well. The entire offensive line played well. Um, for me, I really wanted to see how Ajayi would look. Uh, to me, he looked a little sluggish, maybe uh, – Hesitated a little too much with the ball in his hand, but overall from Arian Foster, I mean, he looked like the Arian Foster of old. I mean, it was just a couple glimpses of uh, preseason, but he made a couple guys miss, and he looked like the best back on the roster. Um, also, the, the hurry-up offense that Adam Gates brought down to Miami, it looked like uh, Miami knew what they were doing, saw some exotic schemes. I One that sticks out is that uh, goal line play where they threw it to Cameron and he dropped it. They had a diamond shaped on the left side. Cameron was in single coverage, and I think Dan Quinn was just running down the sideline trying to call a timeout. Beautiful uh, play call, beautiful design. You just wish that uh, Jordan Cameron would have made the catch. Um, yeah. That's that's about it. Caro, I mean, I'd like to see Leontay Caro get involved a little bit. Haven't really heard much of him throughout the preseason. Didn't really see much of him against Atlanta. Uh, the secondary, again, I mean, opposite of Maxwell, Tony Lippett, Bobby McCain, we saw him get tangled up with Julio Jones, almost took him out of the game. And uh, then there was that one play by Parker that stands out where he uh, single coverage, ball hit him in the hands, I, I believe, and he just got nailed. And you want to see Devontae Parker make those catches. Yeah, you're t- totally right, House. Um, and another thing that I, I saw, and this just a few glimpses of this, but it was some of the swagger I was seeing coming from Ryan Tannehill. I was feeling pretty good about that. Um, my background's in psychology, so I'm looking at body language and seeing how um, he is uh, portraying himself out there as a leader on the field. And I've noticed, especially with the hurry-up offense that we were doing, we've heard a lot of talk about that in, in years past, but it sure seems like we're ready to put that into action this year. It didn't seem so forced. It seemed pretty natural for this offense to do it. Agreed. And it seemed like Tana Hill was very comfortable doing it. So I, I, I just see a little more confidence coming out of Tana Hill this year, and that might be just the difference we need uh, at the quarterback position, just a little I more can't, confidence I can't there. explain to you guys how excited I was to see Tana Hill change a play at the line of scrimmage. <laughs> <laughs> right? It moved. Okay. <laughs> You could take that any way you want to, but Tannehill changing those calls at the line of scrimmage and then actually executing the play and getting that first down. I forget where it was in the game, but he, he changed the play at, at the line of scrimmage, executed the play, got the first down. So he switched out of something. Um, obviously no one knows what the original play call was, but Tannehill had a pretty good game. He, uh, his quarterback rating was 67.5. If you look at that, you'll know that um, you'll think he did a bad job, but if you actually watch the game, you'll know that Jordan Cameron, Dropped a touchdown, as uh, House mentioned at the beginning of the segment. He threw 29 passes out of 40, 44 offensive snaps. So if you do the quick math, that's over 50% of the time. He he had 155 yards. Um, well, listen, that's what you're going to see this year from Ryan Tannehill. Adam Gase already said they're employing a short yardage passing offense. Because he said that's the way it's done in the NFL. He said you'll see guys like the Cardinals and Steelers maybe go deep more often than not, but the vast majority of the NFL, if you look at the Patriots, I mean, look what the Patriots, and please don't get me wrong, I'm not comparing the Dolphins to the Patriots because obviously the Dolphins need to prove a lot before they get to that. And I'm not comparing Ryan Tannehill to Tom Brady, so please don't get me wrong there either. But the Patriots have always employed that short passing attack where it's just frustrating because they're moving the chains, moving the chains, moving the chains. They do just enough to move the chains. And that keeps the defense on the field, obviously. That keeps your defense off the field. And that keeps the offense of your team just wearing down the opponent's defense. And I've always watched the Patriots over the past several years when they've been dominating. I'm like, why don't more teams do it like this? Get that first down, reset the chains, and start all over again. And they do a masterful job at it. And I think Adam Gase gets that because we saw a lot of short passes. You know, obviously you take your shots from time to time. Yes, absolutely. Keep the defense honest. But for the most part, move those chains, get those short passing downs, uh, throw in some runs there, and then move forward. Speaking of running plays, Arian Foster, 
he looked he looks good. He rushed five times for ten yards. Um, he he threw some stiff arms down. He had a little juke here and there, and he also had a two yard touchdown run. The offensive line looks very very good right now. Uh, Laramie Tunsil playing at left guard. Jermon Bushrod playing at right guard. I know Sutton, that's your boy right there, right? Um, Bushrod, 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 Bushrod. <laughs> We're going to get a sound effect for that starting next week. But these guys, they're, they're very good pass protectors. They need some work on, on the run protection. Uh, but we're go- they're hopefully going to develop there as we move forward. Dallas Thomas did take some uh, first-team snaps at right guard. Uh, you know, he, it's Dallas Thomas. It's Dallas Thomas. Tony Lippett looked um, pretty lost out there. Got destroyed by Julio Jones in the beginning of the game. The Dolphins need Xavier Howard back, and they're going to start him in Seattle if he doesn't have any setbacks. Cameron Wake had a nice sack, uh, or not a, a sack. He got some pressure up there. Uh, Mario Williams didn't do much. Hopefully he turns it on once the lights come on, and the Dominicans two left with a little injury, but nothing serious there. So overall, a good, a good game for the Dolphins. They, they got a lot accomplished. We saw a lot of done. But remember, Adam Gase is purposely keeping things vanilla on the offensive side of the ball because he's not revealing anything. And mission accomplished, Adam Gase. Mission accomplished, Vance Joseph. I think we're going to see a completely different team when they take the field against Seattle. I will say, though, that with 100% confidence that what I just said about the Dolphins being a completely different team will come to fruition when the Dolphins play Seattle in just over, uh, I think, eight days, is it, before the first game kicks off? So that's going eight, to be very eight? interesting to watch. No, yeah, not eight 80. days. Eight, eight days. Okay. You're excited. Damn. I'm drinking that Kool-Aid, boys. little alcohol splashed in there. I know you got some in there, boy. All right. So we have these questions rolling in already with, with the live thread. If you're not listening to us, I'm sorry. If you're not reading with us and interacting with us, we are up on the Finsider.com live thread. Go to the Finsider.com, click on live thread. We're going up open up the phone calls to you right now. Area code 347-326-9461. Again, call us at 347-326-9461. The phone lines will be open for the next 10 minutes. Give us a call. Talk about the Falcons. Talk about the upcoming game against the Titans. Talk about the first game against the Seattle Seahawks. Talk about fantasy football. We'll jump around. We'll take your calls. Bring them on in. But for now, we're going to go to the live thread. How? What question do you see popping up in the live thread that we can talk about? The first thread's regarding Chris McCain. Uh, Miami Manx asked, uh, who will walk those kids around the field now? Yeah. Um, I, can, I can take that one because I actually saw a tweet from Chris McCain just a short while ago. He said he can't wait to take a kid around the field in a new city. What that guy did was great for those kids and really made a lasting impact and lasting memories for anyone he took on that field and for the entire family, actually. So no other player, I don't think in the NFL really does that. No other player on the Dolphins does that. Maybe someone now with Chris McCain gone, if someone was good friends with McCain, carries on that tradition. I don't see anyone that would be willing to do that right now or not, not necessarily willing, but ready to do that right now. But we'll definitely see Chris McCain doing that in New Orleans and I like McCain. We had our differences on Twitter with each other. We talked privately through uh, private messages about the football, about the team, and about other things. Uh, but we always, whether we disagreed or on anything, we always walked away respecting each other and having an understanding where each was coming from. Sutton, do you have any questions for us from the live thread? Yeah, I got something for you. And it kind of goes back to the offensive line. It's from – um, Miami fans, Siam. Hold on one second. Oh, you damn iPad. Of course, I can't read it verbatim, but it's talking about opening up the the running lanes for um, through the offensive line. And yeah, the pass protection did the last game seemed pretty good. Uh, no sacks, obviously. Uh, that was a breath of fresh air for Dolphins saying, oh, my gosh, we did not allow a sack for our quarterback. Just let that sink in for a second. I know the Atlanta pass rush was not that tremendous. Pigs uh, but... are flying, and Miko Grimes is being respectful. The Dolphins didn't give up a, pa- a sack. <laughs> yeah, Miko, there you go. Miko, thanks for weaving Miko into this, MC. Nah, I had to do it somehow. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> 
No, but no, and the question's spot on, and that was kind of what I was alluding to earlier was, is is the offensive line going to be able to open up some better gaps? You know, Bushrod, anytime you can get him in the gap and in the hole, Bushrod is going to produce and be explosive. (laughs) So we need to get him in there right guard and stay there for all of eternity. But having Tunsil come along, too, at left guard, it seems to be a little more streamlined for him. You're not hearing all this. Oh, we don't know if he's ready for this or not anymore. It's just happening, and it, that's good to see that uh, he he was able to take that position and make this a non-issue anymore going forward. That's, that's Tunsil's job now. Um, now, and it remains to be seen, and like I said earlier, against Seattle, we have to be able to run the ball. So I'm curious if it's going to come from creative play calling that we're able to produce a running game or if our offensive line is actually going to be able to move uh, one of the better front sevens in the entire NFL. All right. Thank you for that one. I'll pull up a question now. We have one from Wild Zion Zion Beaver. Uh, don't want to know where that beaver is, Wild Zion. Uh, <laughs> any word on Carew, anyone? Parker's replacement. Listen, uh, Leontay Carew needs to do a lot of work. We're going to touch on Devontae Parker a little later in the show in just a little bit. We're going to talk about how Leontay Carew is kind of going down that similar path that Devontae Parker's on right now. Uh, Leontay Carew has a lot of work to do. He's going to make the team, of course, because of his draft status. He has good hands. He's a very, very good built receiver. Whether or not that translates onto the field in actual games remains to be seen, but he does have that potential there. He just needs to learn how to be a professional, much like Devontae Parker. Houts, do you have another question for us? Um, looking through it, I don't see anymore. Someone asked, right. uh, do you need my address for that Dolce de Leche you're going to send me? Uh, <laughs> no, we don't. Yeah, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> if you're in the live thread, be sure to check out. Yeah, if you're, if you're in that live thread, be sure to check out that video that was posted by Alpha. I can't believe I'm actually giving Alpha credit right now. Um, that's a really bad thing to do. But he posted a video of, I think it's Mike Glennon with the Buccaneers just trying to throw a pass in the pouring rain oh. down there and it going backwards. Make yeah, sure you bad. look at that one. Uh, McKinney had a good laugh at that one. Looks like he had a, looks like he had a little knee flapper going on there. All right, so... If you have more questions for us, you can give us a call. Remember, our phone number, 347-326-9461. That is a Block Talk radio phone number. So if you're trying to text us, you're not going to get through. You can text my cell phone at – yeah, I'm not going to give my cell phone number out. Call us. Yeah, call I was like, Jesus, MC Money. Yeah, That's very I trusting was, of you. I, I was thinking about it, but then I – you know. My wife wouldn't be too happy. She's not happy with me anyways right now. Too many fantasy leagues. I mean, I but you can, you can certainly put out your credit card information. I don't think oh, anything wrong. I'll be posting that in a live thread in just a little bit. I mean, bit. it's just, you know, I just need access to some PFF databases. You know what I mean? So just hook me up. Oh, just buy it, dude. We'll just keep it all, we'll keep it all secure and everything. It's, ah, I hear yeah. you. Yeah, I'll post that in the live thread <laughs> in just a little bit, okay? All right, cool. All right, yeah. so, so call us in. Call us. The phone lines will be open for about five more minutes, 347-326-9461. Going to jump to Twitter, football noob at Finns Noob with the PH. Will the Dolphins think to discover an injury to stash Drake on injured reserve? Sutton, you want to take that one away for us? Sure. And it's it's hard to tell. I, I don't think it's worth doing that. I know we kind of did that with Jay Jai last year. But I don't think we're in that same position where last year we felt like we kind of had to use it with Jay Ajayi considering uh, the landscape of all the injuries that were going on at the time. We can all agree that we have plenty of injured players on this team, so we don't want to use that IR designated to return label until we are absolutely sure that we have to use that. So I really do not think – um, that the Dolphins are going to use this uh, going forward with with, uh, with Drake. I think we're going to wait, play it out for a couple more weeks. Cause as far as I can tell, he's coming back this week, right? So we should be yeah, able he to is, see Yeah, he is going to play him. on Thursday. He is going to play on Thursday. Drake said that he is not going to be on IR. Uh, maybe he knows something that we don't. Obviously, he doesn't control that decision. 
but we'll see how that all plays out. But I think you're right. I don't think the Dolphins have that luxury of doing what they want to do at the running back position because Foster's health is up in the air. Ajayi is up in the air. Damian Williams, he came into camp out of shape. We'll see how he does. Daniel Thomas probably not going to make the team. And Isaiah Pete has a pulled hamstring. So who knows where he's going to end up with the, with the season as we move forward there. All right. It looks like we answered all the questions in a live thread for now. We took all the questions on Twitter. Uh, no callers on hold right now. So we will move on to our next subject, which is about Chris McCain. And he was traded to the New Orleans Saints for a conditional seventh round. <coughs> he, uh, he was coming along in camp. He was rushing the passer pretty well, but Chris McCain had his flaws and people were getting excited about him. I'm not sure why, you know, a lot of people are really in love with the guy. You know, he's very active on Twitter, so they might feel some kind of connection there, some kind of relationship with him. While he's controversial on Twitter, he's, he's, he does things pretty much the right way. Obviously some flaws here and there has a little trouble containing the run moves from linebacker to defensive end back and forth a few times last season but then they moved into the defensive end this season, and he's really come on a little strong with the pass rush. I know he had that memorable play against the Patriots last year where he blocked the punt, so maybe some fans are hanging on to that. But here's the reality, guys. My information tells me that he wasn't going to make the team, believe it or not. Okay, they were going to release him, and he wasn't going to be on the Dolphins, which is why they traded him. So if you're upset that they traded him, if you're shocked that tra- they traded him, he was going to be caught. You can be upset that you thought Chris McCain had potential and the Dolphins got rid of him. You can be upset that you think Chris McCain is going to be a superstar and the Dolphins got rid of him. You can be upset that you thought Chris McCain was going to have a huge impact this season and the Dolphins got rid of him. But please do not be upset that the Dolphins could have had Chris McCain on the roster this year, but now they don't because they traded him. Again, the fact is, that he was going to be caught, which is why they traded him. So, House or Sutton, we'll start with Sutton first here. Sutton, do you think that Chris McCain it, will become a superstar with the Saints or would have become a superstar with the Dolphins, or is Chris McCain is what he is? Uh, to answer that first question, no, I don't think superstar is in his cards. I saw him as a – uh, with the ceiling being as a as a niche third down pass rusher, um, so I'm I'm not sure that. Uh, uh, well, actually, it really goes back to a lot of chatter going on that I see about wanting the NFL to adjust roster sizes. I mean, this is the type of player that we would ideally not really like to get rid of, but considering the current makeup of the team and the number of defensive ends that we have. You know, we already have Wake and Williams and today and uh, Branch and Jones. So that's five right there. And, you know, carrying six has its own roster limitations there, considering you can only carry, I think, 48 going into a game day. So right. this always kind of comes back to that roster size dilemma. And, unfortunately, um, we have a guy that we've seen make plays in the preseason and in training camp, but only kind of materialize every once in a while during the regular season. Um, but at least for, like you said, in some money, we're going to get rid of him. So the fact that we got any draft capital at all is good that we were able to pick that up before we made that transaction. Right. And honestly, Sutton, I mean, House, before you jump in, just remember that. They just picked up uh, Kruger from who was released from the Browns, right? So yeah. Chris Chris McCain might actually be in jeopardy in New Orleans as well. So we have to see how that plays out. I know he doesn't have a lot of time to prove himself there. Remember that Jeff Ireland is in New Orleans, um, so he had, he still had connection with the Dolphins front office to see how he was developing and such. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. How, what do you think about Chris McCain? Do you think he would have been a budding superstar here in Miami? Or is he going to become one in, with New Orleans? Uh, I think he's a role player, like Sutton said, probably a pass rush specialist on third downs, contributor on special teams. I mean, if you remember, his one of his fondest moments with the Dolphins was that block punt against New England, um, and then maybe trying to beat up Brandon Marshall in Chicago. <laughs> That was great. That was one yeah. of the highlights of the season. 
So I do think he has a role with the team, whether or not he makes their 53 man roster, that's, that's to be determined. But as far as the, the person, uh, I'd like to see a lot more professionals act the way that uh, Chris McCain does to the fans. Yeah, no, I mean, you're absolutely right. Listen, Chris McCain is not perfect. He definitely had his flaws behind the scenes. He ruffled some feathers behind the scenes. He was one of those people that was team Miko Grimes, and I, we're not going to talk about her at all, so don't worry, but he was, you know, with her <laughs> in the in the uh, business of stirring things up and, and getting, you know, rowdy, and he had a large role in that whole thing with Ryan Tannehill in the practice squad trophy last year. He was one of the players Ryan Tannehill was talking about because he kind of went off there and did his own thing. And we could rehash that, but we're not going to. But, um, yeah, McCain, you know, definitely wasn't the perfect guy back behind the scenes. Like you both said, he's, he's a role player where he's going to do certain things well here and there. But I agree with both of you. I think he is what he is. He has a little more potential in him but it's hard to see him really becoming that complete defensive end where he's on the field all three downs, uh, stopping the run, rushing the passer, containing the blocks on the line. And he never really got it going at the linebacker position. So the Dolphins are moving on from him. They were going to cut him anyways, uh, but they did get a conditional seventh round pick. So we'll see if that materializes. Moving on to another player that, you know, the Dolphins are concerned about right now is Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker, like I mentioned a few weeks ago, is not taking care of himself. He's not eating breakfast. He's not learning how to be a pro. He's not taking care of his own body. A few days ago, Armando Salguero of the Miami Herald dropped the report that explained just this. He said that Devontae Parker wasn't taking, uh, taking care of himself, like I had mentioned a few weeks ago here on Insider Radio. The coaching staff of the Dolphins realizes this. They had a conversation with him multiple times over the past several weeks to let him know the need to start taking care of himself. And now Adam Gaze has gone to the media to call Devontae Parker out. And, of course, that's the last resort of coaches that they want to do. But Adam Gase knows where to press the buttons. And if Devontae Parker is not responding to the coaching staff, well, they need to put some public pressure on him to get him going and moving in the right direction. Receivers coach Sean Jefferson told Salguero this, a lot of the job of making him a good player has been getting him in a routine of learning to do things in life. He's got to get up every morning and get a good breakfast. Hydrate. You know what I'm saying? So he put a system in place now that I think is going to pay big dividends down the road. Sean Jefferson told Armando Salguero this one month ago. On Monday, Parker felt a tweak in his leg again, and he stepped out of practice again. Devontae Parker really needs to start learning how to be a professional. The Dolphins are counting on him to be their number one receiver with budding quarterback Ryan Tannehill. Adam Gase is not happy. Adam Gase said that Parker's going to be day-to-day right now, so they're just going to keep working with him and strengthening him up. Gase said this and compared him to Demarius Thomas. When you're a second-year receiver, I feel like I've been through this a couple times. I just go back to Demarius when we were in Denver. I just felt like he was always hurt. It was just one of those things. It was just like one thing after the other. The thing is, these guys, the longer they start doing this, the more they realize how much they have to take care of their body, how important it is to practice fast every day. And make sure they really push themselves because now all of a sudden, when you go to turn it on, especially on game day and your body's not ready for it, this is when you could possibly have these kind of issues. And Adam Gase continued on to tell him to talk about how Gase is, how he is frustrated. How Stills and Landry have been working their asses off in practice. He didn't use those words, but he implied it. And he wants Devontae Parker to start doing the same thing. How you've seen Devontae Parker the past two years. We watched him come out of college. We've seen the highlight videos of him in college. We know all about the guy. Will he ever get it together, or is he going to be one of those guys who's just so frustrating who doesn't realize how much talent he really has? I think Devontae Parker will eventually get it together. I mean, you look down the list of injuries. he's had. He had one in 2013, shoulder injury while he was at Louisville. Then he had a foot injury the next year, foot last year, and then the leg this year. I mean, I, mean, I understand that he needs to, you know, eat better, take care of his body more, but he has all the physical makeup to being – a true number one receiver in the NFL. He's only 23 years old. Miami spent a high draft pick on him. You just got to hope that with this coaching staff and the, the, the stuff they put into their sports science program and this and that, that he can just get the right mentality and focus on football and become the wide receiver that the Dolphins need him to be. Because if he's on the outside and you got Kenny Stills and Jarvis Landry moving around on the inside, 
that Dolphins offense is going to be a heck of a lot better with Devontae Parker. And he's also a huge deep threat. I mean, you saw that pass last year with Tannehill where the, the play action against the Ravens. I mean, he went up, he high-pointed the football. That's a Devontae Parker that the Dolphins drafted, and you really hope that that's what we end up getting out of him. Yeah, like you said, how it's, uh, Mother Nature is a great teacher, isn't she? Um, if you don't take care of your oh, body, you're you going to have – about Mother Nature being a good teacher? It ain't school, bro. You know, I, you know, I'm a teacher, so I'm going to try to drop some nuggets of knowledge on y'all. Okay? All right, all right, PSA, listen up, y'all. Anyway, um, no, it's uh, – it's, uh, you know, Mother Nature, like I said – Great teacher. <laughs> <laughs> and I was going to come back to uh, you were trying my to think, you were trying to, You were trying to think of something out there, huh? Yeah, I was trying to think of something out there. And I realized I was going back to a college joke, which involves a bunch of stuff I probably shouldn't say in public. Yeah, it's probably not, like that. Probably so not okay. I was like, ah, radio. brain cramp. Anyway, um, Devontae, you know, like how it's kind of said also, his body is um, – just a result of immaturity, it seems like. And you'd like to think that he got that out of his system during that first year, but hopefully this is the wake-up call right here. It's just, you know, and if he's avoiding breakfast and eating cupcakes and, you know, Arby's for lunch and, you know, Olive Garden for dinner and, you know, eating just a bunch of random crap like that, then, yeah, that's kind of a problem, you know. It's uh, the NFL is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And if you uh, if you can't play in games, and he's going to realize this, if he misses any time this year, you can be forgotten very quickly in the NFL. So I just hope uh, that this lingering hamstring thing is one of the last things that he has to deal with from an injury standpoint. Because uh, going forward, I mean, you have Leontae Carew waiting in the wings. We just invested a third and fourth rounder for next year on this guy. And why not see, you know, there's no incentive to not see what we have in this guy if Devontae's not going to be playing. And then, yeah. And if you, you know, really he, might, he, might, he might steal snaps. You can't, you can't allow that to happen as a professional if you're Devontae. If you, if, you, if you really boil it down, the fact of the matter is who has Devontae Parker been able to learn from? He had a guy that was about just as young as he is with Jarvis Landry, and Jarvis Landry is one hell of a worker. And But the reality is, Human nature says if you see a guy that's just as young as you are, chances of you following that guy are going to be lower than someone that's been older. Greg Jennings was here last year, but, you know, Greg Jennings had his better days behind him, and I'm not sure how much of an impact he had in the locker room. He was able to look at Kenny Stills, but, again, Kenny Stills wasn't making an impact on the field. So Devontae Parker really hasn't anyone to learn from. And does he have anyone to learn from this year? No. But he has a receivers coach who used to play in the NFL. Jarvis Landry is a year older and has proved himself and proven that he can succeed in the NFL. And now Kenny Stills is making a big impact, and he's stepped up. Uh, Gase has said that he has stepped up in the locker room. He has been a huge leader, and the Dolphins brass are very surprised at just how much Kenny Stills has stepped up. So I think Devontae Parker is really going to maybe hopefully turn in the next few weeks, and I think we'll be getting DVP that we we are going to see when the Dolphins drafted him last offseason. Speaking of Devontae Parker, he is somewhat of an enigma when it comes to fantasy football. I've seen him going anywhere in the seventh round to the 13th round, but he is getting drafted by in pretty much a lot of the drafts that have been going on in 10-team leagues with standard 15-man rosters. Devontae Parker is a risky pick in fantasy football because of his injury history, but if he stays on the field, Devontae Parker is going to have a great season. Other Dolphins players in fantasy football that can possibly pay dividends for you. Jarvis Landry, of course, who is going in the second and third rounds of most drafts. Arian Foster is a high-risk, high-reward player. If he's healthy, he can pay dividends for you. One guy who's not getting drafted is Kenny Stills. And while I have thought about drafting Kenny Stills in my leagues that I've drafted in so far, all three of them, I have not pulled the trigger um, but I think Kenny Sills is someone that's going to be picked up on a lot of waiver wires as, he, as the season gets going. Why haven't I picked up Kenny Stills yet? Here's the thing. The Dolphins play the Seattle Seahawks week one. If we think the Dolphins offense is going to go in and score 50 points, which, hey, would be a miracle if it happened, 
I think we're all kind of kidding ourselves. I think you can get these guys like Tannehill and Stills on the waiver wire after the first week, after the second week, even they have a really rough opening and figure out your roster and where you can keep who you need to cut and kind of pick up these guys before they really start to break out. How, who are you looking at, whether it's from the Dolphins or any other team, any sleepers that you're looking at, guys that you think can be helpful for any of our fantasy football guys listening tonight? Uh, I mean, I know it's hard to say it on a Dolphins uh, podcast, but Tyler Lockett looks like a, a good receiver to have this year. And one of my yep. leagues, I know I have uh, him and Russell Wilson, and I plan on probably starting them week one. Nice combo. Uh, yeah. And like you said with Kenny Stills, I mean, there are some people that keep going after Parker and some of the other guys. And I, I mean, Parker, they're, they're great picks, but I think Kenny Stills is really going to – the he's going to go – He's going to ball out in this offense next year. Um, as far as the Dolphins receiving uh, running back group, I, I'd stay away from them. I took a Jaya in one league, but, I mean, that's a real risky move. I mean, go back to Kenny just real quick before we bring in house. Uh, the Dolphins got the Seahawks in Seattle, then they travel across the coast and go back to Miami, then fly up to the north and play the Patriots in England in Foxborough. So, really, guys, if you're if you're looking at Kenny Stills, I would drafting him. I would wait until after the without putting in a waiver claim, pick him up for the Browns game and then keep him on your roster because if he stays healthy, he's going to have a huge role in this offense. Sutton, your thoughts on uh, any sleepers, Dolphins, or anyone else? Yeah, I kind of agree with you guys on the running back position. You got to kind of look at them as waiver wire pickups. I don't think you can trust anything going into the season because you've seen kind of a uh, a mixed bag of results with them. Um, I, I feel a little more comfortable with Arian Foster than I do Jay Ajayi in terms of putting up stats. But, again, you don't know how the reps are going to shake out. So I think you got to kind of take a cautious approach with those two. Um, I didn't necessarily get sleepers. I, I kind of went undervalued people that I don't think are getting very much notoriety in the fantasy football world for whatever reason. Um and, again, I hate to admit it because uh, uh, this is a division rival, but LaShawn McCoy, I think, is uh, average draft position like the end of the second round if you're in a 12-team I can't, league. I can't, I can't and, get on LaShawn McCoy's train. I can't. I'm sorry. I you can't. Like, uh, you know, they just released Carlos Williams. They are going to have a run-heavy offense, and uh, injuries are the ultimate – hedge factor with any fantasy running back, obviously. So uh, any injury to McCoy is obviously going to backfire in my face, but um, he's going to have every opportunity to put up monster numbers in a Buffalo offense. And I think in fantasy football, when you're going those first couple of rounds, you got to roll the dice on those guys that have those high, high ceilings. And I think LaShawn McCoy has a really high ceiling going into next year. Uh, yeah, I, I had LaShawn McCoy last year. He did okay for me. He got injured. And plus oh, he's on that's what bill. it is, MC Money. You're freaking out about last year. I am. I just can't jump on the McCoy train. It's just so hard. Here's the funny thing I, with me. I have Kirk Cousins in three of my leagues right now. I've drafted three. I'm in eight leagues, uh, which is absolutely brutal. I got Cousins <laughs> in all three of my leagues. I got Jarvis Landry in all three of my leagues. Uh, so I see I see a pattern going here. I got Devontae Freeman in three of my leagues. So it's going to be kind of funny to see how this all shakes out here as, as we get moving with my other drafts. One sleeper for well, me with, that not a lot of people – Jarvis, MC Money with Jarvis, I think he's a great pick in a PPR oh, yeah. league. Absolutely. And you're, you're, seeing, you're seeing this wide receiver rotation be pretty in flux for the Dolphins right now, and you know that centerpiece is always going to be juice. Uh, going forward. So, you know, Devontae, the injuries, Carew being a little bit unseasoned, you know, Jakeem Grant, obviously will mix him into some um, sub packages and everything, but Jarvis Landry is going to be the center of the passing game. And he's, he's going to, he's going to be around that hundred catch uh, season again. I honestly believe. You can, you can take, Jarvis Landry out of the plays and the scripts and the playbook, but you can't take the Jarvis Landry out of Ryan Tannehill. The fact of the matter is that Jarvis Landry <laughs> like that. is going to get his targets. He's a safety blanket, okay? When it comes down to the pressure in the game, Landry's going to see a ton. In a PPR league, absolutely, the guy is 
money. Um, one guy, though, that's a sleeper that you should be drafting in your leagues is Tajay Sharp from the Tennessee Titans. Absolutely. And I drafted him last night, and everyone looked at me like I had 55 heads, and I said, you just watch. Tajay Sharp is the clear-cut number one wide receiver with the Tennessee Titans. He's playing ahead of Rashard Matthews. He's playing ahead of the other guys on the roster. Tajay Sharp, Marcus Mariota has a second year. That Yes, the Titans are going to be more run-heavy than they are pass-heavy, but he is certainly a guy you want to keep your eye on. You always want to target those number one receivers, and if you can get a guy like Tajay Sharp in the 13th, 14th, and 15th round, and I think his ADP is going to start going up a little more. So if you're drafting within the next few days, don't wait too long to draft him, but definitely don't draft him before the double digits, but don't wait too long either. Um, I think he's going to pay huge dividends this coming season. He's a guy you can draft now, and don't worry about battling people on the waiver wire um, as he starts to break out. Corey Coleman is another guy. You mentioned they're running, and they have Derrick Henry, who should have a pretty Derrick good Derrick Henry, who is going yeah. low in the draft. Sometimes he's not even getting drafted. Exactly. Yeah, DeMarco, we know DeMarco Murray's injury history. Mm-hmm. You know, if he gets hurt, Derrick Henry is the next man up. And he may cut into DeMarco's carries as the season goes on. We'll have to keep our eye on that. But that is certainly someone else you want to be looking at as well. Let's jump back to the live thread. Have we had any new questions pop up in, in house? I don't think so, unless I missed yeah, one. Yeah, don't see anything. Okay, no, I just did. saw something. I saw something from the Beeve about West Coast offense, exclamation point. Oh. Um, yeah, I don't know that our offense has uh, any. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> has any label this year. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what he's talking about. That's Ronnie. That's Ronnie. He's the man. And he just yeah, he might have been drinking. He might have been drinking a little too much. All right, I did get one question on Twitter from Esteban Cerberos. Name one player who could be a surprise inclusion to the active roster once the cuts are made after Thursday. So basically, Esteban is saying, who's that guy you think may be getting cut, but he's actually on the final roster? Um, hmm, This is a good one. For me, it's going to be, I don't know if it's much of a surprise, but it's going to be Julius Wormsley. He's made a huge impact. Huge, huge impact in preseason has really made his mark known, and I think that's what allowed the Dolphins to move on from Chris McCain. How Sutton, I don't know which one of you wants to jump up first if you have some time to think about it. Um, yeah, who is that surprise guy that's going to make the roster? That's a tough one. It is. It is. While we're waiting for you to think, Houts did forget to mention about Jawan James against the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, How tremendous of a game he had. Um he, he was phenomenal after having a subpar game leading up to that game. You guys have any answers yet for Esteban? I mean, I don't know if he's yeah. like Camille Gary. I mean, he, he yeah, I got, I, got, I got one for Esteban, and, I mean, I think Jermon Bushrod is really oh, going to be man. a surprise, <laughs> surprise factor going forward. I think Bushrod is really going to help this club open up a bunch of holes and it runs <laughs> gaps real fast, okay? Spread those holes wide open. Yep. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right, do you have anyone else besides Bushrod that's a surprise inclusion? Um, no, not really. I don't think we're going to be that surprised. I think uh, when it comes down to quarterback, I think it's going to be very interesting what they do with Brandon Dowdy if they keep oh, three yeah. quarterbacks or yeah. if they roll the dice, put them on the practice squad, and see if he clears waivers. Yeah, that's a good one. All right. Um, anyone else that may be a surprise inclusion onto the roster? Yeah, I got got nothing, really. You got nothing. All yeah, right, I mean, so you've been watching plenty of Dolphins football this preseason then, huh? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, like I said earlier, Shamil Gary, he looked pretty good. On, against oh, that's the right, you were saying, Shamil. Yeah. I mean, he, he made a couple plays, and he looked like a – could be a difference maker on special teams and as a have a role as a backup safety. So I mean, that's where I'd go with that. And and I know he said Brandon Dowdy, Zach Dicer looked pretty good against the Falcons. Yeah, he did. He did. I know he's familiar with uh, Adam Gates's offense. I mean, Dicer just looked like he knew what, what everything that was going on. And I mean, when he as soon as he didn't realize someone was open, he took off and got any kind of yardage. And he he looked like he could be a good veteran quarterback. I mean, I know Miami probably is not going to get rid of Matt Moore, but Zach Dicer looked like if they did, he would be the perfect uh, veteran to sit behind Tannehill. 
Esteban brought up a good point uh, on Twitter just now. He said he did hear Omaha once or twice last Thursday. He's right. And also Ryan Tannehill used <laughs> Ryan. Dowdy did too. Dowdy did Omaha, right? And then Tannehill yelled out yeah. Seahawk and then and then threw, a, threw an awful pass and, and got his guy crushed. So <laughs> very fitting for Tannehill to use that uh, audible code word and then, and then have that end result going on there. So you can see the kind of effect that Peyton Manning has had and Adam Gase has had. And it's good to see the guys having fun as well. We had fun tonight. Oh, it's all on part our show. of the master plan. Absolutely. We had fun tonight on our show. We hope you guys had fun listening in. We thank our special guest host, Josh Houts for joining us tonight. Sutton was with us as well. We do have some news to announce about James radio fear. He is stepping away from the show due to personal issues. He can no longer commit to the show. So we do wish James the best of luck in the future. We will be back. Sutton, I, and I, you know what, Sutton, I think we'll bring Josh back for another week. What do you think? You know what? Um, the first thing I saw from him on the live thread was about widening one of my gaps. So oh, I think he's a, it's true. I think he's a keeper. He's, he is you definitely know, a you keeper. Just, you don't you don't introduce yourself like that unless you're ready to stay for a little bit. So yeah, the one thing though about House is we, we will most likely be back next Tuesday at nine unless we do it again on Wednesday at nine. Uh, but uh, House has a fan, fantasy draft at eight thirty that. He doesn't want to set the auto pick, even oh, though his team will probably ends up being better with auto now pick. Now you make me look like a dick. Yeah, you are. You are a dick. So that's all good. <laughs> so we may have another different guest host next week. But anyways, that's besides the point. We thank you guys for joining us tonight. Enjoy the fourth preseason game against the Titans on Thursday evening. Just hope for no major injuries. And then listen, we're ready for week one. All right, let's, let's go undefeated. 16 and 0 in the regular season, right? 16 and 0 or 17 and 0. 16 and 0 regular season. Then we get a first round bye, and you win the divisional round, you win the championship round, and then win the Super Bowl. Let's go 19 and 0, boys. How about it? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. For Finside Radio, I'm Matt Kanata. We hope you have a good night. We hope you have a good week, and we'll talk to you next time. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.